0: Hi everyone, I'm Hesse Jones and welcome to Tech Uncensored. This is a special edition. We're live at Collision for the next three days. We're going to showcase some amazing uh, companies. So today we're going to talk about generative AI and the cost of embracing it from a cloud perspective. And I'm here with Lauren Gill, who was a form- who was formerly who formally led, Oracle's Internet Intelligence Group is now the co-founder of Cast AI, and so Lauren is here at Collision talking about talking about cloud computing, especially in the age of generative AI. Welcome, Lauren.
1: Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here as usual. Uh, it's a really cool show as, as well.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. So let's talk about. I'm going to start with a bunch of stats, okay, especially from the perspective of ChatGPT. Since June, these are as of June 2023, ChatGPT receives 60 million visits a day, 10 million queries a day. How much does it cost to run? 700,000 US dollars per day or 36 cents per question. So the report actually estimated that we'll need 30,000 more GPUs just to maintain G- ChatGPT's current trajectory to 2023 so from that perspective it seems like the future kind of like is going to be using a lot of our electrical grid so so let's talk about let's talk about that can we start with cloud usage today is it fair to say from an infrastructure perspective that a lot of it before ChatGPT came onto the scene that a lot of it was used by storage
1: oh it's interesting what you say we see a little bit differently. We, about if you look at, if you analyze a bin in general for cloud, AWS, Azure, and Google are about the same, but half of your bill would be for compute. Comp- when I say compute, it means CPUs and memory mostly. It's like 90% of it. And the other half for services. So that includes storage, that includes database services, everything else. What we see for AI company is usually just, it's squeezing more towards compute and less over the, the rest. Because most of the cost of running this model is on compute. GPUs, as you mentioned, CPU and memory, very heavy user of that. What is interesting though, I was listening to your your stats on chat, GPT. We, it's very recent. So about, we we have many, many customers on the cloud and we have a a very, a great visibility on all three, on all the regions all over the world. We are managing and optimizing millions of CPUs every day. So what we see as a trend and. Three months ago, my answer would have been different. That's why it's really, really recent. A lot of AI companies now are spending a lot of dollars in training the models that they have. So ChatGPT was trained six months ago over a long, long period of time. But we see a lot of companies now training specialized AI models. And you know that because their CPU usage would be zero, well, like 50 CPUs, like almost nothing. Goes up to 50,000 CPUs and GPUs. It's 50,000 CPUs, really huge huge applications for like three hours and goes down to zero. That is training. That is the cost of doing training for machine learning. It's not inference. It's not yet using it. It's training the model. And these are extremely huge and heavy user of compute,
0: obviously. Can I I interject for a sec? Because the companies that can afford to train the models... Are they later stage startups that can afford the compute costs? Because to me, if generative AI is the future, then there's already going to be a disparity among those that can actually use this type of technology. Yeah.
1: So there are, there are two kinds of AI, AI engine. There is the, I, I, let's call them the generic one, and OpenAI is one of them. Generic one generic means they need a huge amount of compute for a very long period of time because their training sample is on a huge amount of data. So that's where your storage costs come in. Right. I'm I'm talking of thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of CPUs reserved for those generic huge companies. I think there there will probably be a few players because it's so expensive to run. You see some VC rounds, Series A and Series B, Series a in Europe before where they spend they do a series a of hundred million dollars. Usually all of it is to pay for those machines, either they rent it or they buy it. That's one kind of machine learning companies. The second kind where I'm a lot more excited with are all the startups and enterprises building specialized model. Specialized model means the same idea of ChatGPT, meaning the same idea of I want to ask a question or I want something friendly to to ask a question. Could be an uh, electronic question or a human question, but the model is very specialized in solving one thing and solve it very, very well. This is, in my mind, this is where the industry is going, which is the You are selling a specialized model that does one thing very, very well. It doesn't need to know what time your flight is leaving. It just needs to solve the question that you are asking. And this model, this is the kind of company we see where you need to have a huge amount of compute for a short short period of time, but not six months, as ChatGPT is asking, or more than that, I think. It's a very specialized type. I think this is where we go. This is where the interesting piece of the action is. And the interesting value of those is not so much in the model, they are, they are relatively well known, but in the data. Say, oh, if I own data that is very unique to me and I train an engine to this, that means I will have the, the best answer to the industry I'm active in. I think that's the, a new economy that is coming.
0: Okay. So if we're talking, you're talking about accessibility. And so from that perspective, What would, I I don't know if you can say an average cost or usage be for a startup that is doing something very specific on a monthly basis? Yeah, yeah. So
1: I'll also give you statistics we have. Okay. And it's mind-blowing. On average, what we see with our customers that we have is before they go to us and after we optimize it, we optimize cloud cost and we do it in real time. So we know a lot about the cost to run an AI engine the average cost optimization we have for those examples I just gave you of you need to train a model for a few hours or a few days and then it goes down to zero, right. the cost optimization we provide is in the range of 80%. So think of this as before they come to us, they would spend $100 to train their model on average, an example. After they optimize, that 100 becomes 20 The reason is a lot of these models and these companies it's very, very hard to, to estimate by hand because that's how they do it today, to estimate by hand what is the true amount of compute I need. And once you know that number, how do you provision it? Only for the period when you need it. What we built as an AI engine that exactly understands that. It will provision only what you need, nothing less, but also nothing more than that. And then as soon as the model is done or as soon as the request of compute goes down, we will delete all these machines in real time and very, very fast. And that's where the 80% cost optimization come from. There's no magic there. It's just the idea that we built an AI that optimized AI in the sense you can say it this way. We built an engine that we know exactly what you need. We'll supply that from the cloud provider and then we shut it down gradually as soon as you stop using it. We help a lot of these young startups that need to train an engine that is very expensive, where we tell them, look, it's very expensive, but it's going to be five times less because we, you don't need to use all this. We know exactly what you need. We know means our engine knows exactly what you, what you need. And we supply it in real time. There's a, this is universal in every of the users that we see coming to us. And we have a lot of them that statistics is the average we see for AI training.
0: Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something at you from, I would say, an environmental sustainability perspective, because now we know one, one of the reasons why Bitcoin decentralized ledger hasn't been adopted was the amount of computing cost that it, that it takes on our electrical grid. It's, it's that, that, that's an environmental cost. But now, now we're seeing the same thing that's coming out of generative AI. I realize that you're trying to create a lot more efficiency from that perspective. But if every, let's say, new startup that has to deal with data eventually defaults to some kind of generative AI, what do you think that means in terms of how the industry needs to change or adapt to that kind of demand?
1: Yeah. On one side, the obvious one, huge investments. You can see all the news every every day. Almost every day, there is a new investment that is being said. VCs are funding it. So The NVIDIA GPU sales, it comes from that for the most part. Now, these GPUs have to go somewhere. They will go to probably one of the three cloud or all of the three cloud providers, the big ones. Great. So the economy is going to be nice thanks to this. So these GPUs, when they are there, they are available, then we can start to use them. However, what I see that is fundamental in this is the energy consumption of it. It's not just that you need to build new houses to to, to house these machines is that they need a huge amount of electricity, especially in GPUs. And this is where we come in. You see, when I give you the statistics of 80% cost reduction, yes, it's a cost reduction in dollars, but it's a, it, it truly is a cost reduction in utilization. So if you mobilize 10,000 CPUs for four hours or you mobilize 10,000 CPUs for 30 minutes, then your energy consumption is very, very different. Right. So the, the same optimization you have on, CP, on dollar of CPU usage, you have it directly into energy consumption. And that's a, by, that's a great, great byproduct that we see across all our clients. We're actually trying to measure it now. It's fascinating when you see, because you see on the, on the dashboard, oh yeah, it's nice you have a dollar sign. So this shows you know, you're, you're saving that much. And we start to add the CO2 savings that you also save as a byproduct of it.
0: Oh, that's good. You're actually counting yeah, yeah. Carbon, carbon footprint yeah, yeah. savings. We're
1: starting to, we, 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 we have a few clients for, for which it's actually uh, uh, mandatory. And so we are calculating this number and staggering because it's, it's a, there is a direct correlation. Of course, when a CPU is not used, 100% doesn't consume that much. So you have to factor this into account. But effectively, two things we do, we, we have an impact that is a very strong impact. The energy consumption is much lower because you don't need this machine for that long. But also... These machines become available for someone else, and that's a great byproduct. If you use them for two hours instead of four hours, means for the other two hours, the cloud provider can actually resell them somewhere else. So they don't. when I said they can resell them, it means they don't need to build more because they have capacity. They, we, give, we provide them more capacity for the amount of compute they had before because we use them a lot less, or we, we prevent the usage, we prevent the waste of the usage a lot less. So. That's the, the nice byproduct for the cloud provider itself. We, we have some owners of data centers and they start to realize, oh, I have 10,000 servers in my data center. And we told them, think about this. If it will feel the same as having 16,000 because we're going to use them so well that the, there will be a shrinkage of your existing customers so that the new things that appear available, you now can sell it again to other players. Don't build a new data center. Just use the machine you have better, and that is a great translation yeah. for the I,
0: that. That seems to be almost like the future, and I, I see this kind of innovation even when it comes to internet, where the utilization of internet they say it usually happens at night, and but during the day, if there's a, the, if you have available that you could actually give to other people, that's the same premise. I think exactly the
1: same. It's exactly the same idea, but for compute, for yeah. the same reason. As for compute and the realization that look, cloud was invented for a great reason that we love. It's elastic. Elastic means you buy when you need, you return it when you don't need. Right. And as long as you have tools that follow the utilization, like I just said, then effectively right. you can save in energy, in, in cost, because you only pay for what you use. Instead of before where you say, well, I don't really know what I need. So I will add all of it, just in case. Here we're saying, no, just pay for what you need when you need it. Use some smart technology to do this. We are one of them, but we have a lot of colleagues in the same field. And it's great that we have other players like us that do the same thing because we help solve the shortage of machines. We help solve the energy. We help the data center better utilize their investment. Because now they, they can resell a few times more what they, what they own. And it is, at the end, it's better for the economy and the industry.
0: That's amazing. Okay. So one last question, what are your goals are for this year? And are there, are there specific milestones that you need to hit in order to get the, to those goals?
1: Yes. So we're a bit selfish here. Okay. We, we have a fantastic team, About uh, two third are in Europe. We are in Lithuania, in Vilnius. We're now a big player in Vilnius, which is super cool. A lot of talented players there. It's a pleasure when I go to my office. My, my main office is over there in, in Lithuania. It's a Baltic state in Europe. We have about 100 people now. We're going to triple the size of the company. We just raised a big Series A months month ago, two months ago. So we're going to triple the team. We, we have a lot of users coming to us and customers and, and a big organization that come to us. A lot of them are AI-based. They need to find compute. They cannot find them. We help them only find what they need. So it's a great, great argument. So it's fantastic for us. This industry is booming and we are surfing the wave the same way as others. And for us, the more NVIDIA sell GPUs, the better the world is. That's how we see it. And the better the consumption and the utilization of these resources will be. Another thing to think about, it's really the beginning of it. A lot of people tell me, oh, but NVIDIA is, it's a hype. the stock goes up and it will go down. No, you should think of this as now. We're training, right. we're in the training phase. We see that with our client, meaning huge consumption for a short period of time. That means we're training. We're making this model knowledgeable to solve a problem. The next phase is using them. We haven't had a lot of these yet. ChatGPT was the first one. Using them is where the economy is, where the industry will grow. So you're, it's almost like it's hiding behind the hype of buying GPUs to train. Just behind that is using it. And that's
0: where the, the industry will explode. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And congratulations on the raise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me today. Okay. Take care. We'll be right back.
1: Tech & an altitude accelerator podcast, does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. It's produced and distributed by Bluemex. For more tech and censored content subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit Blumex.io to join us on Discord.